Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com for all the latest, greatest, baddiest news out out there this side of the Narrows. Hey, that one was actually pretty good. Um, said that last time. <laughs> I mean, I mean it this I think I meant it last time. It doesn't matter. Anyway, we are going through our Summer of Superman stories uh, with some of the biggest Superman fans out there. And who bigger than Zach Moore, host of Always Hold On to Smallville, the definitive Smallville Rewatch podcast. I don't care what any any former TV stars have have to say about that. (laughs) Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, JJ. I might not be the ultimate Smallville Rewatch podcast, but I'm glad I'm the definitive Smallville yes. Rewatch podcast, at least in your heart. <laughs> exactly, yes. You you were first, and let's face it, you might end up being the last as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I when I reached out to a bunch of friends and said, you know, I want to do the, uh, some Superman stuff, 85 years of Superman, uh, I reached out to you and and not going to lie, fully expected a, a Smallville arc or episode or even season to be what you picked. Uh, but you made a point to say, I don't really get to talk to comics much. Let me think about a comic. And and then I saw you hyping up Superman's Secret Origin, like up and down on Twitter uh, for quite a while, actually. <laughs> so I said, why don't we just do that one? And uh, which is strangely also kind of fitting for you. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, what... So is this your favorite of the, you know, the many, many, many Superman origins that have been throughout Superman uh, media? Media, hard to say, right? Media, I guess I have to say Smallville, right? Sure. I mean, <laughs> contractually obligated. It, it, it's it's tough to say what is your favorite origin because I like pieces of every different origin, right? Is mm-hmm. there a definitive one? No, but that's that's what's cool about characters like Superman or Batman. I, I feel like there's a lot more variation for Superman, yeah. actually, than Batman. Batman's like, well, his parents got shot. And that's kind of the... And then after that, it's like, well, did he live in Gotham? Did he travel the world? Like, there's some variations there, but it's like, this is it. Did Alfred teach him to fight, or did he train with the League of Assassins, right? There's some alterations there. But right. to the point where even when they reboot all these... There's so many reboots over the years for DC Comics. Batman's origin, like, it's not even needed, doesn't even need to be rebooted. Like, they don't even right. need to address it. Superman's like, every time it's like, well, Jarrell and Laura look like this. And Krypton <laughs> is ice, but now actually it's it's like Silver Age sci-fi look. So there's a yeah. different take every time. And uh, th- this is probably my, Super- Superman's Secret Origin is probably my my go-to favorite from the comic books. I, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about a comic book, because I, I, I've been trying to read comics more lately. Like get back into like the the source material, go back to the text, right? The Absolutely. original text, because uh, you know, especially podcasting about Smallville, like I do, I I watch a lot of TV shows, I watch a lot of episodes, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends watch other shows and <laughs> podcasts about them, so I'm watching those shows, um, right. Uh, movies, right? I mean, great, great stuff, and I guess I'm first and foremost, I come to Superman through my multimedia fandom, you know, mm-hmm. Superman the movie, Smallville. Superman the animated series, you know, same thing for Batman, right? But right. when it comes to these um comic books and stuff, I, I have a little collect I don't I don't 
buy every single graphic novel ever made, but like for the important stories and the, the ones that I like, and then the important ones I try to get. And I have like probably on my shelf, there's like four or five of these graphic novels or combo collections into graphic novels of origin stories. And of them all, yeah. th this is the one I probably would say is my favorite. Okay. Um, I, I got to say that I, it had been a long time since I had reread it. And I'm, I'm glad that we, we wanted to do this one because I was really captivated by it while rereading it. Um, and not to say that like Birthright or uh, Superman for All Seasons isn't also great because they are. Uh, it, it just, uh, th this one sticks out for, for a lot of reasons. But I think part of my, and this is not even an issue I have with it necessarily, it's that... <laughs> Almost immediately after this one was finished, the new Fifty Two started. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, yeah. There's so it's it's hard for me to. It, so it's like I I when I revisit it, I I I or I think about it. I'm like, oh yeah, but then like two months later, that's when the new Fifty Two started when it ended because I was getting it as it was coming out back in 2010, 11 ish, uh, or, or maybe it was 2009. Uh, it's. I think. I think it started in two thousand nine. Now, think about it. Doesn't matter. Uh, I should. You know. But you know, could have done my research ahead of time. But you know, <laughs> that's how well prepared I am. Doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> it's just who cares. Either way, the new fifty two started and it changed everything. <laughs> well, and I think that's why I kind of like held on to this because I'm like, oh, that Superman, like who looks and acts like I think he should. Yes. <laughs> As opposed yes. to the new fifty two, which is a radical reinvention, which. Uh, Whenever you try to radically reinvent Superman, it's dangerous, right? As far as what reaction you're going to get, and uh, you know, I, I I think there's plenty, there's room for lots of interpretations, but when you erase everything else and then say this is the one we're doing now and nothing else is available to you, that's when people react the way they do, right? Because yes. it is different. Like there's there's lots of different versions and they all have their their merits, but I think I think with Superman you got to change like you got you got to do like micro changes. If you do all these changes all at once and, and throw it in your face, you'd be like, well, the, I don't what. Uh, uh. Not only does he like the new fifty two, he looks different, he acts different, his his relationships with all the his supporting uh, characters are totally different, right? Yeah. There's no Lois anymore in his life and his love life, right? I mean, it's just like, what do we what do we do in here, right? Um, I, I I I say that to say like I actually I did enjoy the Justice League comic books and I thought the actual the Superman Wonder Woman pairing was interesting. Uh, into the new 52 but I, I mean is that you know in game as the kids say right no that's not that's not the in game relationship for Superman at all right. uh, but of course they always kind of explore that uh, and that's fine but I mean I, I mean, by the time I had given up on the new 52 by the, tar by the time they tried to fix it and I'm like well here that Superman's dead and here's the one you liked and now he's with Lois and they have a kid I'm like okay it was just it was too late for me because I was so yeah. I was so into the new 52 when it started. Um, it just kind of fizzled out. And and at the time, like I was reading the Smallville comics, actually. That was the other yes. thing. Yep. And I was like, well, at least he's at least this is Superman. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> they even then they had to change his costume because because well, the new 52 says he doesn't have those those trunks on the outside of his pants, right? Um right. that's and that's my deal with it. Are you are you a trunks guy or no trunks guy? What what's your feeling? Um I I'm kind of a no trunks guy, but I'm also because if if I had to pick, I would go no trunks. But at the same time, because I actually love the the Smallville season eleven uh, costume, um, 
but at the same time when you know like when bendis got on the books um you know a few years ago and they brought the trunk back i wasn't like oh well, this is ridiculous i was just like oh, okay like we're doing this yeah uh, and and i like kind of the explanation for it a little bit in in this book right <laughs> yeah no it, that's that's the thing like i am i a trunks person like i don't think of myself that way because like i like the the man of steel costume is fine and i like some of the designs for the new 52 costume like the high i like high collars i mm-hmm. like the low collar like traditional like christopher reeve suit right? right uh or i like the high collar you know like new 52 it's right. the it's the t-shirt collar that i hate and that's what <laughs> Brandon Ralph has and Superman Returns. That's what Tyler Hecklin has in some of his costumes. I'm like, I just, it doesn't look, it looks like me wearing a Superman t-shirt. And mm-hmm. that's, I just, I don't like that in between. I like either the low neck or the high neck. All that to say, like, I'm not a, like, if you tell me, like, I don't define myself by like the trunks, but when, when people, people being so anti-trunks makes me pro-trunks because they're like, what's well, stupid? It's always been stupid. I'm like, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> This, yeah. he, this has been his costume for seven years and you're telling me he was always stupid. Like I take offense to that. So that's, that's why I support them. And it, you know, in this, right. He, he has his traditional costume, Superman secret origin as he doesn't even, even birthright kept the, the yes. trunks. Yes. He the, does. The, the new updated origin for the two thousands of the man of steel. And I love Mark Wade too. Like Mark Wade and Jeff Johns are some of my favorite comic book writers. So I don't want to like pit these stories against them, each other, but I think it's interesting, like these radically different, New origin stories for Superman they told in the early 2000s. Even then, they kept the traditional costume, and I very much appreciated it. Uh, I I definitely agree, because I think that there's a uh, kind of in my head, uh, and, and, and I didn't even realize that this is sort of where I cut it from, was that, well, it's like it's Kryptonian attire, right, that he's wearing. So it makes sense that he's honoring his heritage that way. So it never bothered me that... Uh, that they had that look for it. And and I do like that it's kind of addressed in this. And, and it's just kind of a cute mother-son line too, where he's like, I'm putting the underwear back on the inside as soon as I can. And she says, you are wearing underwear, aren't you? And he's like, yes, mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you could just hear like a, a little kid saying that. And, you know, like, yeah. I'm sure you've said that to your mother. I've said that to my mother, you know, she's like, yes, mom. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and uh, like, you know, even my three-year-old has said that to, to our mother, I've heard she'd be like, you know, don't forget your, you know, when you're putting on your, you know, don't forget your boots. And she's like, okay, mom. I'm just like, good God, like she's three. How's she learning this already? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I, what I really like about Jeff Johns and, and his interpretation of Superman is that he wasn't afraid to, you know, kind of go back to the, the Silver Age stuff. You know, he wasn't afraid to bring in, bring back crypto. He wasn't afraid to do the Legion of Superheroes and and make it all still and not feel as silly as it may feel, uh, may have felt back then. Well, maybe it didn't feel silly back then. But when, you know, like post-crisis, they were like, you know, Kal-El, last son of Krypton, you know, you know, let's let's try and get away from all the crazy stuff so there's no streaky the super cat and comet the super horse or even crypto the super dog right or, or even Supergirl, right <laughs> it, it took them like all these weird loopholes and it's like just just let her be Supergirl. yeah you know yeah and and it wasn't until i think uh uh jeff Loeb's uh 
excuse me, uh, Superman, Batman, that they were finally like, let's just make her the last daughter of Krypton. That's great. And that's like 2004, I think. Yeah. That's like 20, mm-hmm. almost 20 years after Christ on Infinite Earth. They're like, finally, let you have a Supergirl. And then what they do, what was it like seven, eight years later? <laughs> Reboot. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and e- even then, I the Supergirl of the New 52 was, uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> I read the first few issues and I was like, hmm. I don't understand where she fits in here, and and I'm all for the idea of Clark and and Kara or Kara, however you want to pronounce it, uh, having different origins, so to speak. But like, it's it's still gonna make sense, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just because it's like she can't just show up and be Supergirl, which is I think what happened in the first issue of Supergirl and Supergirl uh, number one in the New Fifty Two. Um, I just remember reading it and going, "What?" No, that's what happened in the 1984 Supergirl movie. Oh, that's right. She yeah. shows up because she's Supergirl. But that's its own. I <laughs> could not sit through that movie. <laughs> that's rough. Like... That's a rough movie. No no fault of Helen Slater, who's fantastic in it. And she yes. has a great costume. She has a great performance. She's very charming. And, uh, and, and her, talk about legacy casting, right? She's come back on Smallville as Lara. Right. And then and then more more effectively, and I say this as a small little guy, come back on Supergirl as Eliza Danvers as her human mother. I'm like, I just think I think that character is better fleshed out. And I think Helen Slater is a better fit for that is her yeah. as Lara. Like, she was fine as Lara, but I was just like, the only reason you're here is because you were Supergirl. And they just and that whole thing we were we were talking about a little bit off mic before we started here, like the whole season seven and her bringing her in was just a mess. It was yes. just a, it was poorly thought through, um, and and that, and so yeah. But in Supergirl, she gets to be, you know, Helen Slater gets to play like a, a fully th- fleshed out character, you know, a, a slightly recurring. Right, she's not on a lot of stuff, but she's sprinkled off the, you know, through the seasons, and and yeah. I, I liked her on that. But anyway, so the secret. <laughs> or, I, I know what you're saying about Jeff. That's why I like so much about Jeff Johns. I would say he's probably my favorite comic writer, uh, mm. because what he can do is he can look back on all this absurdity. From like the Silver Age and like, how do we make sense of this? And this is very much in the same vein as Green Lantern, right? Because his his yes. claim to fame is what you know made put him on the map. Although you know JSA, I mean he's he's written for almost every comic character. And I think he does a great job, like all, every oh, yeah. time. That's what's so great about him. And he did Green Lantern, and he made sense of all the colors and the rings, and like this means this and this means that. And I thought that was so smart. I haven't yep. really delved into those comics actually. I say that Jeff Johns my favorite. I haven't even read most of his Green Lantern stuff because <laughs> the Green Lantern is just too cosmic for me. I'm not like really it doesn't really appeal to me. And one day I, I read them, but but he did okay. Green Lantern Secret Origin, yes. and that kind of tied into like some other stories he was telling at the time. Right. Much like this, he does Superman's Secret Origin, and it tied into Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. Where, 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 which, which I, had it come up? Would it come up before this? It must have. It, it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was the same deal with Green Lantern. Like, says so all this stuff happens before, and then he goes back and tells an origin. And it's like, and he hints about this big story he told earlier with a little part of that, just to kind of make it feel connected. And this is like this, uh, Superman and the Legion, Superman Brainiac, and then yeah. and then the the. Uh, the whole story arc where the new Krypton with like the Kandorians on earth, like this is all kind of like the, the Jeff Johns Superman, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, who was yep. essential to this, by the way. Uh, I really like that as like an, it's its own little continuity there. Right. And yep. I, and I enjoy that. And I have most of those graphic novels and, and, and Gary Frank, man, like, what, I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. He's basically drawing Christopher Reeve, which is fantastic. Yep. 
it's and and you know definitely on uh, on purpose of course but I, what what kind of makes me laugh about it is that he looks like superman looks like christopher reeve but it, we all, but we're not getting glenn ford or uh you know jackie rob or uh what was his jackie name? robinson yes the editor of the daily okay. planet ja- jackie okay. cooper jackie cooper okay i was like jackie robinson is, that... is the first major league baseball <laughs> player who's african-american who broke the race barrier Yes. So. Okay. <laughs> but like, Jackie as, Cooper, yeah. I, I would say Lois is. Out. Yeah, Lois is. It could vaguely be Margot Kidder in some. Yeah. Like, but but in a very general sense. Uh, but right. yeah, no, nothing is like a, a direct adaptation, which is fine. Like, you know, I I think that's fine. I'm not like you should have drawn them all the same way. Lex is not Gene Hackman, right? And that's right. that's fine. Uh, but you know, Gary Frank, right? He's so good at this. I think we all were kind of expecting him to draw the Superman seventy eight comic book. Right, and he, right. When he did it, I was like, what is this? But Wilfredo Torres did a fantastic job. And it's more, I like how he, like in Superman 78, like Wilfredo Torres has this kind of comic strip almost style. Yes, yes. And that works for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. No, I, I no, I agree because I think uh, Wilfredo Torres did uh, capture the essence of everybody from the 78, you know, and uh, 80s movies. Whereas you know, just Gary Frank probably just, you know, I mean, I, I don't know 100% for sure, but, you know, it's like if you were thinking Superman, like odds are the first person that you and I think of is Christopher Reed, you know, uh, with no disrespect to Tom Welling, even though Tom Welling would tell us all that he never played Superman, he played Clark Kent, yeah. <laughs> um, or Tyler Hecklin or Brandon Routh, you know, whatever. Uh, and it just, and it helps to, it, it, but I think it's also because, you know, Jeff Johns is on record as saying that Superman the movie is his favorite movie, and he was uh, Richard Donner's PA for a long time, and then he and Donner were friends, and uh, Donner wrote comics with him. You know, wrote uh, the Last Sun arc, and uh, and I believe the Escape from Bizarro World arc. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you have you read those? I have, I have, yeah. I have, I have. I'm sure pretty much anything. Jeff Johns Superman related. I've read it and I own. So yeah. the Escape from Bizarre World was a little different. I don't think yeah. I don't think Gary Frank did the art on that one, did he? No, it's it's Eric Powell who did okay. both. Uh, I, I know it, Eric Powell. He did he did the the Godzilla, the first run of Godzilla on an IDW. Okay. okay, and it was universally decided like yeah, nobody really liked that, and so they, <laughs> they moved something else. I, I IDW is great, man. Like I know you, you know you 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 have a young child. Like I, I remember she's old enough to start reading comic books. But like I would, if you know comic books for for young kids, go to IDW. They have fun stuff. They have great IP tie-ins. Um, Ghostbusters, I, Star Trek, Godzilla, like Power Power Rangers, Boom Studios. But well, anyway, right. there's there's other stuff out there in DC and Marvel. Is my point. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's uh, I I think they're the ones that do My Little Pony, and she she kind of digs that. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, and anyway, so when there's when there's adults that are adult men who are my little pony fans, I'm a little bit like, okay, uh, the the bronies, yes, yes. yeah, like you, you like what you like, I guess, but uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but then again, I say that, and a couple uh, male friends and I are like, dude, the Barbie movie looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is this world that we live in? You know, uh, uh, my biggest uh, critique of this book, and I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but I think the first half of it is way more fleshed out than the second half. Like as soon as he gets to Metropolis, it, the pace feels a little bit faster. And I don't think to the 
and I think kind of to the book's detriment, um, because I feel like Parasite and Metallo show up so quickly that it, it's so I, I feel like I got whiplash rereading it going, okay, well, like, has, has any time passed before these two showed up? You know what I mean? And um, whereas all the Smallville stuff uh, was really, I, I thought, really well done. And, and again, going back to that Silver Age stuff where having Lex Luthor be come from Smallville with, with Clark. Um, and clearly, and it's the same thing like with the TV show, right? That this Lex is obviously a little bit older and, you know, but it's a completely different interpretation than the, than the TV show. Uh, yeah. But it was very Silver Age where he's kind of already a, a mad scientist-ish, you know? And because uh, in the original books, you know, he tried to be friends with Superboy and there was an experiment gone wrong and he lost all his hair and he blamed Superboy for it. And that's how they became mortal enemies because that's a totally normal reaction to things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, uh, but did you ever read Superboy comics or have you ever seen the, them or the, read them? The old school ones, no. But yeah. I, I, I've seen like the documentaries, so I know what happens. Um, yeah, but well, my, my, my really... dad had a lot of these like when I was growing up and I got his comics and I read a lot of them when I was younger. And so like adventure comics with like the Legion and Superboy, Superboy mm. comics themselves, like so, like the one with with Lex, like I actually had that one. OK, uh, that were, you know, it's the whole like Lex Luthor is like a huge Superboy fan. Yes. You know? yes. And he has a lab and there's an accident. Anyway, it's interesting. It's just, just like you, you think of it now, like maybe because I'm getting older now and I kind of appreciate like what it, what they were doing back then like oh superboy for the for the kids you know, right. back then, you might not be superman but you're superboy and you're like oh right. cool i relate i mean look as a smallville fan I mean, of course like i'm the age of the character that's a huge draw for me so yep. it's very smart for them to have invented this this superman when he was younger character in superboy then you know you get older and you're like you know between your your jaded teenage 20s you're like that's dumb. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. because you're like, but it is, it is dumb because there's no way like Clark can't control up in Metropolis as Superman and no one connect those dots. If there was a Superboy in Smallville. Right. But in the, yeah. in the fantastical world of comic books, you, you, you go with it. And I think the, they thread the needle here. Jeff John's so smart where he's like, okay, so he was Superboy, but nobody really saw what he was doing. Yeah. But he was fully Superboy when he's in the future with the Legion. And there you mm -hmm. go. I'm like, you know what? Good. You made it. You made it work. You made yeah. Jeff Johns also having written the Legion of Superheroes episode of Smallville. Yes. So like it all ties together there with, with those characters and, and whatnot. One of my uh, one of my favorite episodes of the show, actually. Uh, and uh, it's it's funny because it's, you know, it, again, it's it's John's tying in all those weird elements. But it's funny. I'm, I'm think I'm kind of realizing as I'm saying it that like Superman birthright is sort of the if you were to one one comparison them is sort of the Lois and Clark Superman origin and this is kind of the Smallville origin right yeah no this this is Smallville and Superman the movie put together right yes and those are my yeah. two favorite things I'm like well this is why it's my favorite thing there you go <laughs> uh, birthright is Lois and Clark and Man of Steel put together very from much a, so, yes. From a certain point of view, I guess. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to go another origin, like Superman Earth One by J. Michael Straczynski, that is totally Man of Steel. Very, Very much, much so, yes. even more so. Um, so I gravitate towards these, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and, and, they, and it's because and, Birthright is Birthright. And I know what you're saying about the the pacing of this. Like, I feel like this should have been what, this was six issues, I think. Yeah. Yes. 
this should have been like eight or 10 or 12, like to, to, to yeah. really flesh it. I don't know what the, it's strange to come out with. I don't know what the idea was with this. Like, I guess it was Jeff Johns is popular. He's done, he's done some flash stuff. He's done some green lantern stuff. He loves Superman. Let's give him this and give him his, his crack at it to kind of give an origin to those other stories. Like, cause Brainiac and Legion of Superheroes stories that he had written before, like didn't have, like they referenced things. You're like, well, that doesn't really make sense. And this was like the backstory to that. So I guess that was yeah. the idea. But um, it didn't feel like because Birthright was like a, a 12 issue start to finish story and like a chapters yes. and like you you followed him through from when he was being a young man doing things to, to starting at the Daily Planet and the Lex stuff and the alien invasion. And it was a through line. Right. And so that was right. like kind of beginning middle. And, and I love the ending. I think you and I were talking about this on one of these podcasts, but like the ending of, of, of Birthright is, is that a very emotional, powerful thing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. With you know the closing closing the gap that that's the, you know I don't want to spoil it for people I haven't read about it closing the loop that they set up at the very beginning of the story, yep. this very epi- secret origin very episodic I think like mm-hmm. like the the begin like you said the, the the Smallville and then the Legion stuff uh, feels like oh we're growing up with Superman and then it's like yes. bam you're Metropolis and here's some stuff and I'm not sure actually sure how fast or slow it takes place and yeah. you don't really have enough time with all the characters to get to know them. And those phases of their lives, and so that that would be, I guess, one critique, perhaps, uh, yeah. which could have been solved by just having more, more issues. But then I don't know what the plan was for this, right? Like, well, because there's in the in the Legion issue, you know, there's, you know, they they hint at stuff that happens, you know, uh, like the 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 few, the the new well, I, I, you know, this kind of happened in the conversation, the new Krypton Earth War, the death of Lex Luthor. And I remember when I read that, I thought, "Oh, there's, there's that, there's that John's boy. He's teasing all that, <laughs> all that future stuff again." Um, and then, of course, the new Fifty Two happened, like you know, right. eight months later. And I was like, oh, "All right, then." So I'll just, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> but um, you know, but I, I really think that was part of his, his, uh, his plan at some point was to do something like that because um, he did kind of. It's 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 kind of my issue with modern comics in general is that every time a writer and artist team comes in, especially writers, they they plan these big epic arts or arcs, and then the next person comes in and, and does something completely different, and it sometimes it's just it's just really irritating where I'm like, okay, but I felt like like when Zex or excuse me when Scott Snyder ended his Batman run, that was such a great ending, and then Tom King does all his wacky stuff and it's like okay but like i felt like snyder kind of ended it and maybe we should stop letting comic book writers do that shit you know like, like it's don't tough make an ending. it's tough because you got to keep going right? It's, right it's the nature of the beast it's it's almost like and that's why i like graphic novels more than comic books like i as far as like uh, monthly things like i'll mm-hmm. sometimes i'll get sucked back in i recently because of this whole like action comics 1050 and superman number one thing like i I got yeah. sucked back in, so I got those, and I and I subscribed to them again. Action Superman, so we'll see how long that lasts. But <laughs> I feel like I want to be part. I hear all these people talking and all this excitement. I'm like I want to be part of that because I remember what it was like when the new Fifty Two came out, like twelve years ago now. Gosh, twelve yeah. really? Yeah, and it's been like three reboots since then. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yes. it was exciting. It was an exciting mm-hmm. time, and I want to be. I want to like ride that wave again, right? Um, but it's almost like everything should just be like its own self-contained 
mini series and then you can tell your beginning middle and end and you don't have to find a way to keep it going because like yeah batman's gonna keep being batman like they were never ever 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 going to have him retire and dick grayson take over and then terry mcginn is excited like even with superman recently like john kent was superman for a while yeah but now superman is back so there's yep. two Superman. Like I'm interested to see what they do with this, but mm-hmm. uh, they have to keep resetting to the, the status quo. Uh, the only status quo things they do seem to to take are like when they're kids or Robins or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There, those are the ones that they're they're allowed to grow up slowly but surely. Um, and the only other character I can think of that's really like that is Spider-Man, you know, who's yeah. grown up, but he's no longer uh, in high school. <laughs> right. You know, and it, it took him like, you know, 40 years to get out of high right. school. Uh, but, you know, where now he's like a 30 year old man. But but then you get Miles Morales where he can do the high school stuff. Yeah. So it's all, you know, you get your cake and eat it, too, I guess, in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what but, did you but think? Anyway. Of, what, what did you think of Lana Lang in this? I. um I really liked her. I just think that, again, I think the the critique of the story is that like we go from Smallville to Metropolis, and then there's just like a cutoff. Yeah, you know, we don't like. We there's no gotten... follow up with her, right? She just disappears right. from the story. Like I expected her to show up. Like if you're going to spend so much time on that, she should. There should be the the episode of Superman the animated series where she shows up and she's dating Lex Luthor or something, right? Where is yes. that? Yeah, that? and 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 again, it goes back to the you know, the, the critique of it only being six issues. If it had been a little bit longer, maybe she could have popped up in Metropolis and, and helped him out for an issue or some sort of follow-up because she kind of, he's like, hey, I just want to be friends. And she gets upset, runs away, and we never see her again. That's like, that, right. She just wanders yeah. <laughs> off and then he goes off in the future. I'm like, oh, that's that's it. Uh, so the, yeah. and that, yeah, the people said this back when Smallville was on and they were like, they've taken a lot of length. And they split her into two characters. They split her into Lana Lang and Chloe Sullivan. I'm like, because of the unrequited love thing, because there's yes. so many versions of Lana, right? Sometimes it's in the Superman movies, it's unrequited love for Clark, like yeah. from Clark to her. In the comics, sometimes they're dating. Other times she liked him and he was doing his own thing. Um, and I, 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 that's all well and good for Smallville purposes. But like when you take a character and you split him into two mm-hmm. character, other characters, you can't have one character still have that original character's name. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh, well, Chloe's like Lana, but also Lana's like Lana. I'm like, that doesn't, no, 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 no. That doesn't make, that's why that analogy never worked for me. But right. the more, I, I guess I'm trying to get back to the, the text, the source material. The more <laughs> comics I read, I'm like, oh, you know, Chloe does really serve a function that Lana Lang does. And a lot of, like, Chloe on Smallville, obviously. Yeah. I mean, Chloe's yeah. other, right? But like, she kind of serves that role of like confidant. Been with you from the beginning, helping you with your secret, interacting. You know, it, it, you know it, we're not together romantically, but we're together platonically, and we have a very solid friendship, and we're always going to be there for each other. And that seems to be where most Lana Langs land. Yeah. Um. Even on Superman and Lois, the show, which is yep. great. Like, uh, that's a great interpretation. And so I'm like, man, like I ever <laughs> the more that I learn about the 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 source of show, I'm like, Smallville, you just you did Lana Lang dirty. <laughs> I I think about that a lot, and my sister and I were talking about that the other day. Where I was like, I was like, you know, it's like TV, like TV shows are just so different nowadays. And I'm like, I feel like we like on Smallville, right? We waited seven years for them to get together, even though we like we all know they're not going to stay together. You know, <laughs> like, it's, like right. that was really a bizarre choice on their part. Uh, but you know, that was just it, you know, it. What can you say? It's it's how TV was made. You know. Yeah, and not even that long ago, right? You know, it's, right. it's 
completely different world. Um, but I, I liked that they, but Jeff Johns like drawing from everything, telling his Superman origin. Um, I believe that the heat vision kind of being started by, you know, those feelings, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, that came the, from, from small- that from that terrible episode of Smallville Heat, according to Talkville, right? Just, <laughs> yeah. just the worst episode. <laughs> well, and and maybe just because they they were like, I don't know, looking at it as adults watching teenagers. Yes, you, you they know. were just they were adults playing teenagers in two thousand two. We were teenagers in two thousand two, so that's why it, it hit us a little differently, maybe. But, yeah, uh, I, no, that, I that's little... cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no! You're absolutely right. He took it from that, and then that I don't, I don't, I haven't seen that anywhere else in any other comic book where where he gets the heat vision from being um, aroused. So yes, uh, and I thought that it was such, a, it was really funny the the way it's written too, and why I wish there had been more of the Kents in in the last in the second half of the book because, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, it's just like the burst this burst of heat, and you know, and his mom's like, well, how did that happen? He's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then a little it's, bit it's, later, and then later he's like the uh, the glasses work. By the way, <laughs> yeah, the glass. And that explains the glasses, right? Which is yes. I don't remember. On Lois and Clark, do they ever explain the glasses? I don't think so. But because it's also it also doesn't make any sense that he's wearing the glasses as soon as we meet him. You exactly. Know, him. Yeah, uh, because there are some interpretations. This this one, for example, and I know there's other versions that have done this, but like he couldn't control different visions, like X ray. He and these glasses were meant to help control that. I'm like, Oh, that's smart. That's why he would wear them yeah. before they were a disguise. Yes. Uh, so he can get a job at the daily planet, like on Lois and Clark mm-hmm. before he's Superman. And people don't immediately recognize him as Superman, which is the problem on Smallville, which they avoided by never showing us Superman. They're like, yeah, we're not even going to worry about it. Yeah. That's, that's its own, its own can. That's of its own thing. <laughs> but, uh, because I think the same thing happens in birthright, actually, when he, you know they they use the crystals from the ship right uh, as as the lenses and uh and i like that you know they're like well we're making this from the blankets you came in this is what your uh this is what it looks like your people wore on your planet and uh and it's it and it's really cute stuff in there too with with the with the parents because he's uh you know, he's like, I, I'm not wearing that. And it's like, well, son, you know, your mother put a lot of effort into this. You don't want to disappoint your mother, yeah, do you? That's that's adorable. That's I love yeah. that. And he, so does he? Does does Martha just like sew a bigger costume when he gets older? Or I I would assume so. Yeah, okay. It's, it's the exact same thing. You know? Yeah. Just, I mean, I, how a, much material was in that spaceship? I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah, fits a fits a taller. What was it like six four man as opposed to like a. Yeah, he's 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 a scrawny little kid, yeah. you know. Uh, but I, I liked how that they again the small little answer in the movie influence. He's an outsider here, right? He sees the kids playing sports and he wishes he could play. He has to come with excuses yeah. because he plays the one time and he breaks Pete's arm and he feels really guilty about it, right? Yep. Uh, we I, I think don't we see a Chloe Sullivan on Pete's cast? Yes. Yep. Like, like you there. Um, and I think she, I think they the plan was to incorporate Chloe into the comic books around the time season eight or nine was on Smallville. And from my recollection, she was in one issue. <laughs> like a, She, she was like a love interest of a Jimmy Olsen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Much like she was in Smallville. Yeah. Well, so, Henry yeah. James Olsen anyway. 
Right, right. You know, so not not the Jimmy we know, even though it ended up being the Jimmy we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lionel Luther gets a name drop here. I don't, this yep. might be the first. Obviously, Lex had a father, right? Yes. Uh, but beyond knowing that in some versions or that he like killed his parents for the insurance money, I don't know if he ever had a name. Uh, obviously, the Lionel Luther comes from Smallville, the name, and and even the way they draw him, mm-hmm. with like the kind of longer. And obviously, he's like a drunk. <laughs> you know, it's a totally it's, different interpretation, which is another uh, thing. Yeah, another thing, right? Like, do you yeah. do you like this? Like, there's the self-made man, Lex Luthor, right? Because that's actually kind of crucial to his character. And it's funny how Smallville's like, and I love Smallville. Mike Rosenbaum is my favorite, and it's a valid interpretation. But it's like, yeah. guy with the silver spoon, that born with the silver spoon in his mouth, versus, yeah, I was born with nothing, and I built myself up to the most powerful man in the world, and that's why I hate Superman because he showed up and he didn't have to try. Like, I, the, you know what I mean? It, it's uh it's funny because well there, there's two there's two things i want to say about that is that because they gave that origin to lionel in the show right um and that's why it works for me in smallville because they 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 gave that to him and it still exists you know um but and you know in in your you know in your words it's all connected right uh this version of lionel luther which is kind of the more common version of lionel luther from the comic books um he's a, he's a, a drunk asshole uh, which is another John Glover character from Heroes. <laughs> that's right. Because that's he, that's always on Heroes, right? Because like Siler, yes. right? You think yep. you, you think that he killed his mom in season one. And then it right. turns out in season three, they try to make you think that he's Peter and Nathan's brother. And then you're like, oh, okay. The Petrelli's the main characters. Right. Uh, and then it's like, no, no, that was also a lie. Your actual mother and father are these people, and the person he thought who was mom was his aunt, and he finds his biological dad, and it's played by John Glover, father and creator of supervillains across the multiverse. Shazam, <laughs> Batman and Robin, Smallville. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He really, uh, he really that could be the John Glover from Heroes gonna play this line of Luther. That's very good. I, that's that's exactly what I thought, uh, reading it and going, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk about that with, <laughs> with Zach later. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do, I, I, I like both interpretations to be honest because I think that Rosenbaum and even the way, even the way Lex was written on Smallville, he was the strongest character in the show. Uh, you know, second only to Lionel, really. I mean, no offense to Clark, but let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but I also do like the idea that he, you know, has has his. Uh, uh, is is the self-made man because i think that it it does work when he shows up and he's and i like the way he's written here like you know this is my city i built this city you know and you can't come and take it from me and and superman's like i'm not taking anything from anyone like i'm just here to help but also these people don't belong to you uh so it's so i i I don't know I, i like both versions uh so it's hard for me to sit there and you know i i can't i I don't really have a preference. Uh, I think just yeah, no. I think they're both equally valid. Yeah, uh, that was my long way. Of saying, <laughs> you know, yes, they're equally valid. Thank you. Yes, I said that in like eighteen sentences and, where it took you one. <laughs> and there's him, like Lex and Clark, have the briefest of interactions here. Yes, and even like how Clark's like, "Hey, Lex, we should hang out." And he's like, "Why would we do that?" Yeah, <laughs> just, I'm like, "Okay, I li- I like that." And then yeah. they never really, like, it's never really acknowledged again that that they're. 
they had a history or anything together. So, um, yeah, well, like I think Clark tries to mention it. And he's like, uh, oh, well, you know, I, I met you years ago in Smallville. And he's like, he's like, oh, I vaguely remember that, you know, just yeah. and it sort of makes sense. Like, OK, like he just doesn't. All right. He just doesn't care because, you know, you're beneath me at this point. Uh, and and I like that we have this. You know, we, we have this kind of evil Lex right from the get go. And but at the same time, I. I like that we don't have to worry about sympathizing with him. You know, we just, we get why he is the way he is. And that's kind of all we need for him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, the big Smallville is all about like, well, did Clark create Lex Clark and Jonathan? I'm like, maybe like, it's a very valid conversation, but they're not, this is not the place for that. This is right. Superman's origin story. And that's what we're telling. Smallville was the story of both of them. Right. So I, I'm I'm fine with that too. And then by the time we get to Metropolis, he's because that is the one through line, other than Superman himself, obviously. But the other through line is Lex comes back around in, in Metropolis, and yeah. I love that interpretation. Of Lex was so interesting in, in the Metropolis years is like they they make Lex kind of like a reveal because like they yeah. have this big like it's almost like Superman the animated series, right? It's a big weapons demonstration that goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. And even like the way they're framing all the the artwork, like like Lex's face is obscured and like. It's like they're trying to. It's like why is that? We know what he looks like. Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting that they they built up to this reveal of Lex, which was fine. Um, yeah. but the whole like I'm gonna give away one thing every day and and eating up all the the uh, love and 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 need from the people for him was to feed his ego was 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 great. Like that's that's a fantastic interpretation of Lex Luthor. Um, it uh, it's it's something that you know is obviously uh, was a huge part of uh like the the burn. You know, John Byrne stuff post crisis, and that the the animated series touched on, and I like that. Um, you know, again, John's pulls together like the best of both worlds. We get the the mad scientist Lex Luthor, like when he's holding the kryptonite, like he looks like a lunatic, you know. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then you know, inexplicably, he can operate on John Corbin and turn him into Metallo. <laughs> As somebody who's you know worked in the in the medical field, I was like, he's he didn't he didn't scrub before he went into that or you know, uh, like, like there's blood on his face and stuff i'm like no no you're well, that, for, <laughs> for as cool as like i love metallo as a villain but like i i was they went silver age with his appearance yeah and i would have gone terminator i would have gone superman the animated series or even yeah. supergirl right when they like on the cw and they bring him back i don't know where but yeah i know he comes back and he's basically a terminator oh, in uh in crisis on earth x yeah that's what it is and that's what yeah. it must be the earth x metallo i guess or i don't know what it is it, it's it, it's i i i i love that crossover uh but my biggest critiques are metallo doesn't really make any sense and uh why is it harrison wells of earth one thank you he's like i'm from <laughs> earth one i'm like why because you're the actor that we have under contract right now like it doesn't make any sense but uh but, anyway but did, oh my other, my other criticism is no it didn't have to be my other criticism yeah. is superman should have been the the fewer yes yes or they could they could even tease that at the end like yeah. superman he's back and he's pissed because somebody killed his cousin and that could have been your christ on earth x2 right so, anyway but they didn't yeah. The rights, the, the 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 complications, the red tape they had to go through as usual with with DC and WB. Um, but anyway, this comic book, like it was like, oh, that's Metallo, I guess. Like he looks, he just looks dumb when he's not the Terminator. Like you know what I mean? It, like he's yeah. It it is that Silver Age weird look to him, and he he looks a little like Brainiac actually, uh, like Silver Age Brainiac, uh, and 
and it's it's all well and good and uh and and i like the the, the fight that they have and that it sort of proves to the people watching that that superman is the hero right that even though you the government's trying to spin it and say no superman superman's attacking the army you know and they they all witness firsthand uh, but again a critique would be that it happened a little too fast that it it it, it seems to happen within like a couple hours you know that corbin is attacking uh superman and becomes metallo um uh, like the passage of time is really uh not well defined in those yeah, last like, couple Superman they made series like that was the pilot and then like a dozen episodes later they have Metallo's first episode and um John Corbin was interesting that like Sam Lane was his boss in the government and like he had tried yeah. to like set up Lois and him. I love the scene where Clark and him have have that interaction and he tries mm-hmm. to intimidate Clark and he just keeps shaking his hand yeah and smiling at him like oh that's see I love that when Clark can exert himself that way but still be like Mr. Friendly Eyes. Oh, was there a problem here? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. That was good. It it's uh it's and again it's kind of the best of both worlds because you get a little bit of that dean Payne like confident clark but still mixed in with like the the goofy nice guy christopher reeve clark, right right you right. know um and, and i and you know especially lois going you know and i love the way she she harp you know harken on clark where she's like like i can't figure out man like you wear this bad suit you're slouching and then sometimes you're just super introspective like What's up with that? He's just like, oh, I don't know. Anyway, I gotta get going. Yeah, and then he like knocks his milk over or something. <laughs> yeah, that that's a, that is something like they could have. It, it is. It's just it's snapshots of his relationship with these characters. You know, it's not like right. a. They're not telling an ongoing thing. They're they're like building off your understood knowledge of the Superman world already. Mm-hmm. So like, and that's what that's why it makes sense if this is like they told this after he had written all those other stories. Not yes. not not that every not that you could take all the Jeff John Superman stuff and like, okay, that's the definitive stuff. That's all you need. But they're all kind of going off your pop, pop culture knowledge right. of these characters. Uh, I, like Jimmy Olsen. I mean, yeah. he, that's, that's a great little subplot for him, right? Uh, I, I love Jimmy in this, uh, that like when he first meets Superman, he's just kind of standing on the edge of the daily planet and, and Superman's doubting himself. Like, I don't know, if, I don't know about what I'm doing here, you know? And I, and I love his kind of, you know, arrested development line. I, I've made a huge mistake and <laughs> yeah. flying around. Uh, and then he sees Jimmy and he's like, no, don't jump. And he's like, I don't think in a junk. Looking at the view, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that is funny. <laughs> um, and then, and he, then he comes up with the Superman, the famous hand on the hip Superman pose. Yeah. It, it's, it's so good. It's just, you know, he's just like, really? Like, it's kind of like silly, doesn't it? And he's like, oh, it's great. And then... Uh, and then I love Jimmy Olsen, like, and I can almost hear Aaron Ashmore saying it's a like, Jimmy Olsen photographer, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's like seeing like, yeah, there, there's a reason that we all kind of root for the underdog, right? You know, yeah. like, here's this kid that was kind of, you know, was a peon at the Daily Planet. And then he shows up and he's got like the exclusive thing that they need. And then suddenly, like, you know, I love Lois grabs him and says, here's your new dream team. And mm. Harry's like, okay. It's just I was like, oh, that's like it's there's some cheese in it, but gosh, is is if that isn't just uplifting as heck, you know? <laughs> it's it's like this should have been like a pilot to a TV show, you know, like yeah. all these little introductions and like that. But that's the thing about Jeff Johns. That's the way he that's the way he writes television so well, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can debate his uh, movie efforts, and it's uh, that's its own <laughs> conversation. 
Yeah. Right? Um, but television, I mean, he's run some great episodes of Smallville, Arrow. He's in some stuff on the early Flash, right? Stargirl. Uh, so, yeah, huge part of Stargirl. And, you know, these are all like adaptable. Like you could take the, these are like almost storyboards for live action stuff. Like you could take everything yep. in Secret Origin. Like you were talking about Superman versus the army, right? Superman versus, ver, Superman versus Metallo and the army mm-hmm. is 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 big. And it's exciting. And it's a big action piece, but it's like achievable, right? It because it it feels, uh, but it's also kind of small scale because it's just taking place in in the city, right? It's not taking place in the like in the first Hulk movie, right? In the middle of the desert uh, or something. It's it's something where you can imagine like there's extras being kind of shot at and stuff. And and Supergirl has done even the Metallo episode of Supergirl, right? When Superman was introduced. Um, or you know, officially introduced, I should yeah. say, uh, was a little bit like that, and and you know, and it just it it makes this the stakes that much bigger when Superman's like, please stop, like you're gonna hurt somebody, and then mm-hmm. and then the army starts to kind of back off and go, yeah, like there's civilians here, we gotta back off. And Corbin at that point has already lost his mind, uh- <laughs> right? And, and then to our point earlier, birthright, man of steel, just complete devastation. Yes, <laughs> just like like just an army of aliens coming in, just fake or not, right? Depending on the comic or the movie, right? But an right. army of aliens coming in, just laying waste to Metropolis. Now, there's some great heroic moments in Birthright that I wish yeah. there were more of of Man of Steel, and we would feel very differently, perhaps, about it. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's just nothing feels better than seeing Superman like save some people um, instead of taking punches, right? There's there's there, both is great, but yeah. you need that. That that moment and, so, and anyway, just the smaller scale is what I'm talking about. That that connects on a more human level on on this story anyway to me. Well, you know, it's something that Christopher Reeve did really well, where he would always, after he'd save somebody, do something, turn around, and say, you know, is is that is that man all right? You know, this man needs needs medical attention. You know, yeah. like let's let's get somebody over here. You know, he always would do that, and and this and that's obviously where Jeff Johns. Well, you know, it's in the comic books too, you know, previous to this, but Jeff Johns was incorporating that as well. Like, like, hang on, like this man needs help. And, uh, you know, there's, there's people that are hurt. We, we need to get them to the hospital. And, um, it's stuff like that, that makes, uh, that, that just makes you root for Superman when he's getting, when even in this situation, he's getting his ass kicked, but he's still, you know, looking around going, does anybody need help? You mm-hmm. know, and when he's at his weakest, and I even like that the, you know the uh, coloring on his suit looks a little faded too, uh, and it's it's just kind of a subtle thing to sh- show that he's getting weak, but he's still gonna. If Mattel is gonna shoot, you know, kryptonite laser, he's gonna jump in front of it to save Lois. Yeah, and uh, and I also kind of like the you know, speaking of Lois, the dichotomy, her relationship with Perry and her father. That it's like oh you see who her who she considers to be her father figure in this and and I like Lois's arc in this where she has he says Lois you can't just be like a cynical writer you have to be objective and then immediately after she meets Superman she's inspired and she just she's starting to see the good in people and and it, you just think like. Like man, like that's that's the magic of of Superman and really well written Superman that he should be inspiring people. He should be, you know, getting people off their asses to do great things, which is obviously 
the, the theme of the second half of the book, right? He, you know, everybody's like, Superman, you know, what, what do you want us to do? Tell us what you want us to do. And he's like, he's like, I want you just to be the best versions of who you are, you know? And that's why nobody shows up for Lex's big 8 a.m. on the dot whenever yeah. it feels like an announcement, right? That's, that's fantastic. That's his, that's his victory over Lex there, because obviously there, this is, this is a pilot for Superman, the series, which I would love, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's what it would be. That would be setting up the, like the rivalry where like Lex, he's lost all of his, you know, people who worship him, right? The cult of right. Lex Luthor. Cause he's Superman's like, I'm not your savior. He's not your savior. You know, I'm interested in that. I'm just here to help. Right. And, uh, no, no. And that, I think that's great. But he's like Lois, like people are sick of the doom and gloom. Right. I mean, that, that's a, that's a shift that you need. And that's, and that's the, the effect that he has in people's lives. And, and I just think that, and see, that's the kind of stuff, you know, you, we say like, this is, this is Smallville and Superman the movie and Birthright was like Man of Steel and Lois and Clark. Like there's still actually a lot of Man of Steel in this. Like, like when, yeah. like he goes to see the government and the government's like, okay, we're going to control you now. And he's like, no, you're not. And then, yeah, he just and gets up and whole, leaves. <laughs> and I like that. Like, I thought he just immediately kind of like, he did. He he was, but he didn't like you know, like he was attacked obviously by the government. But I yes. like how the the distrust is there. It's almost even more here than it is in Man of Steel, um, because it's the same. Like he's in the room talking to the government people. Like that's where my mind went. You know, David S. Right. even writes the intro for the graphic novel of this, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then, and then there's a scene when after he finds out he's an alien, he's like, "I just want to be your son." He's like, "You are my son." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah. it's some of the best stuff from Man of Steel." Is in here as well, so it's all it's all spread around. There's everybody's hitting the same notes, but I feel like they the what Man of Steel was trying to do. And I understand what it was trying to do, but I feel like this delivers more on than what they were trying to do. Yeah, with as far as like the the world, like who is this guy? He's a danger, right? People yeah. aren't going to accept me. I'm an outsider. Let me prove it to you that I'm not. Let me leave a positive impact on the people around me. Yeah, I did. Here we are. Let's move forward. As opposed to like Man of Steel, these lofty questions, but there was no payoff to it. And I feel like here we had some interesting questions. We kept it more smaller scale. We paid it off. We set up the new status quo for what Metropolis is going to be now, much like Lois and Clark. Again, it's all it's all everywhere. Right, like the, right. Like the last scene between Clark and uh, Super, Superman and Lex Luthor and Lois and Clark, similar to the one in Superman the Animated Series. That scene doesn't quite exist here, but like the the impact is the same with Lex goes outside to expect all his fans to be there and they're all gone because Superman has uh, led them, uh, put them right on the right path again. Right. So anyway, Uh, it's, it's that kind of stuff that I think it, it feels believable that they attack Superman first and then, uh, and then, and then they spin it to say like, Oh, well, Superman attacked us, you know, which, you know, and, and it's Are you saying like, the government and the media will lie to us? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but it, it, there is that element of, you know, like, okay, like I can see why they'd show up at the, at the daily planet saying, you know, we need to know everything you know about this guy because, you know, he was attacking us and he hurt some of the soldiers. And, and it's like, I said, well, that's not really true. Like the bullets were bouncing off of him. Like you all were, and he's saying like, stop shooting me. Like, you know, you're hurting yourselves. And, and it's stuff like that that I think really, um, and now that I think about it, missed opportunity for Sam Lane to not be in Man of Steel, right? <laughs> yeah, well, he could have been the the mouthpiece of like the government. That's that's the thing, like that th- that debate, right? Because he's the one talking to Superman so much, right? Yeah. Um, that like, and that's missed opportunity. One perfect. I thought maybe like when they cast uh what Chris Maloney, I was like, oh, is he going to be Sam Lane? 
Is yep. it gonna be Lex Luthor? No, he's just a dude, and I like him in the movie. Yeah, because I like I like, but but that's because I like Chris Maloney. Yeah, like, yeah, of course. This man is not our enemy. I'm like, okay, <laughs> the government feels that way. What about the people? Like, where's the that's the thing? Missed opportunities, right? Uh, yes. BVS. I thought he's gonna get on the stand, and he's gonna give us a Superman kind of speech the way he does at the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, and then the world will see because he'll have a mouthpiece. He's finally like gonna speak up for himself and let. Because the whole, all the Snyder movies is all like, what do people think of him and what they think and what what CNN thinks of Superman or whatever, right? Neil deGrasse Tyson, right. what do you think of Superman? What does Superman have to say for himself? He never gets an opportunity to say that. We never see the article that Lois, I assume, writes about him. I don't know if yeah. that even happened in that universe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like but, that was the that was the time to do it, and it's they just blow up the Capitol and we never talk about it again. And Batman tries to kill him, and that's it. And then he's dead. And I'm like, what? Like we needed we needed something like that. Not exactly. I'm not saying like word for word <laughs> this. Right. Right. The, the 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 feel of this, and that would have made you understand why people came around to trusting him and missing him when he was gone. Yeah, uh, and it's... Sorry, I didn't mean to go on the whole Snyderverse. No, 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 no it's, <laughs> but... It's, but like everything you're saying is totally valid, and that's why these these more hopeful interpretations of Superman tend to stick the landing better, because as much as I like Man of Steel and I like BVS, um, you're, you're 100% right. It just, it gets to the point where it's so dour that, you know, you're like, well, how, you think, well, how how's the hero going to get himself out of this? And I remember thinking that, watching the movie for the first time, the Capitol building blows up. It's like, well, how's he going to get himself out of this? And he really doesn't, <laughs> you know, he just kind of dies and everybody's sad about it. That's I'm the like, key. Like, well, I guess I'll just die. <laughs> and I, you know, you know and, I, and I like them more than some of our friends. <laughs> you know, sure. those movies. So like, I'm just saying like, this is, I gravitate more towards this. Cause I think this answers those questions, even, even birthright as well. Yes. You know, like you, you they address those questions that, that, that those movies pose and they're great questions. And I like the, mm-hmm. The highbrow thinking, like let's you know this, let's treat these characters as mythology stuff. I'm I'm all for that. I yes. just Superman needs to be able to, you know, in Superman four, let's laugh about it. But he gets in front of the United Nations and tells people what's up. I'm like, great, that's what yep. I need from this guy. So uh, one, you know, my favorite of the uh, animated films is uh, Superman versus the Elite. When the the big debate is, you know, you're not, you don't, uh, you don't kill anybody, you know, and some of these, you know, villains are you know, really, really dangerous and are, you know, dangerous to our ecosystem and everything. And like in their case, Atomic Skull. And he says, I don't believe I have the right to play judge, jury, executioner. You know, I don't believe I'm above all that. And and that's where he is in, in this story as well. He's like, I, I'm not above all that. I just want to help, you know. And it, it's... Uh, Maybe and he's love- not a devil or an angel. Maybe he's just a guy trying to do the right thing, JJ. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I and I love that that montage in BBS. I've said it a thousand times. Um, that's exactly what I would do with a Superman movie. Um, is is have a montage like that where it's like there is a because I feel because that feels real to me. There would be a debate, you know, the 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 necessity of Superman and what he brings to the world. Um, but again, to your point, it's like. But we also need that follow-up. We need that that moment where Superman proves himself as needed in the world. And and he does that here because Metropolis is just, you know, and it's it's showcased, especially in the Daily Planet, right? Like you said, it's like a TV pilot because most of the action takes place in the Daily Planet, or the, the story, I should say. You know, because the Daily Planet is just like run down. It just, it's dirty and gross. And, um, 
you know, it's, 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 you know, inferred that Clark's not really making any money there. <laughs> he gets paid minimum wage, which is ridiculous when you think about it, especially the way minimum wage was in 2010. Seven fifty an hour. Yeah. Right. And I don't think it's raised since then, just more companies <laughs> have been called out since COVID, but, <laughs> um, but I, I, I think that's, that's a, a, a subtle slash not so subtle way to do it. Right. And show how Metropolis is in disarray, and you know nobody looks up in the sky. You know what are you what are you doing with your head up in the clouds? And then by the end of the book, people are a little bit nicer. It's like oh, you know we're always looking up, and sometimes we see them, and sometimes we don't. And just you know as as kind of corny as that can be, it still feels like yeah, but that that feels like how Superman story should go, you know. And that's why I'm super excited for James Gunn take. You know, the way they described it, especially a man who believes in kindness in a world where kindness has is outdated. I'm just like, yes, finally, that that's what we want. You know, we didn't we didn't really get that in Superman Returns. I don't even really know what they were trying to do with Superman in that movie other than just make him like a deadbeat dad. Um, well, the, you know, the world doesn't need Superman. And it's like, well, actually, we do. <laughs> yeah. and And that's. But again, even that is only followed up with Lois's interpretation yes. of Superman. That's that's the problem. It should have been the winning the people. The people have no problem. Oh, good, he's back. And I, the the plane rescues the one of the the plane rescues Superman returns. Probably the best live action Superman sequence in anything. In anything. Yes. yes. But then the people love him. So what's the deal? Like the, the the flaw of that film was not using Lex Luthor to have turned people against him and then having to win people back. So I mean, we we can armchair quarterback here all day. Smallville has the same issue. Like, mm. is he like the darkness is coming? Apocalypse is over the earth. As yeah. far as the people go, as far as like the public goes, they see some blur fly up there and push the planet away. Yeah. Where's the speech? Where's like, I get I, I, Superman format. Where's him in the United Nations telling people, oh, I'm here to say, right? Like, yeah. like that's to inspire people out of hope instead of like, oh, yeah, like that, that superhero blurry dude just pushed the thing out of the way. I guess we're all fine now. Like, you need yeah. that's the missing component. And that's why these, these, these stories speak to us because that's where you get that's where you get the character. Um, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I uh, a few weeks ago my sister and I were rewatching some random episodes, and we watched uh, Booster, which is mm-hmm. uh, again one of my favorite episodes, written uh, by Jeff Johns and and directed by Tom Welling. Uh, yes, so, which is pretty <laughs> impressive considering he's in almost every scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's it's just you know when Lois was like you know Booster Gold stealing all your credit, you you need to you need to step out and, and show people your face. And he's like, you know, I can't do that yet. And I turned to her and I was like, because there's five episodes left, left in the series. I can't do it now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, so I think they, they stretched that out just a wee bit too much in season 10. Uh, but, you know, that was also Tom Welling just being uh, slavish to the no tights, no flights rule. Yeah. Well, when, when you're, when your star won't wear the costume, there's only so much you can do. So. Yeah. And which is why, you know, we've, we've had many friends and, uh, you know, our, our mutual friend, Anthony uh, Desiato, complain about the Clark and crisis, right? I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, but like, I, I remember reading an interview with uh, Guggenheim, Mark Guggenheim, where he said, uh, you know, he sent an email to Tom Welling saying, hey, here's the scene I want you to do for crisis. And Welling was like, well, that's like the one thing that would get me to come back. And I was like, well, there it is. No powers, no costume. And yeah, there it is. No flights, no tights. And that worked yeah. for me. 
I'm on record. That yeah. that worked for me. I, and look, he was Superman for like nine years in between there, and that's fine. And he, you know, we talk about that other places, other times. But uh, right, <laughs> I, I would have loved to see him in a costume at the end, but with everybody. But like that that whole crossover didn't deliver on that part at all. Like it, I've said this before. Like the we're going all around the place now. But like Crisis on Infinite <laughs> I kind of expected the in battle to be like, oh, like in game on your left. Right. Here's all the portals. Here's John Wesley's ship is here, and Brandon Routh is Superman is here, and the Huntress from Birds of Prey is here, and we're all going to fight together, right? <laughs> Bird Wars, right? Constantine's, but instead it's like a handful of people who you see every week already doing something that we see every week already. So it was like, oh, that's not special. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, no, you're you're 100 right there. That that last episode didn't. Where is Kevin didn't... Conroy in the Kingdom Come Batman suit in the final <laughs> battle? Right, right. I mean, you know, oh we could have the anyway. Yeah. Anyway, but... there you go. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's a whole um, other episode. <laughs> some odds and ends about this, though. Uh, Parasite. I thought he was cool. And this like they, they established that yeah. um, he already is kind of a parasite before. Right. Mm. <laughs> He's getting lunch money off Clark and stuff. That That's pretty cool. And he looked pretty much like he does in the animated series, just more like gross. So I, I, I liked Parasite in this. It's it's a much scarier look um, and made me think a little bit a tone, a more toned down version from like all star Superman. You know, where like an all-star Superman, he's only in the one issue, but by the end of his fight with Luther, he's just basically a gigantic mouth, right? But yeah. but it's it's such a growth looking uh mouth where it's just these little prickly teeth. Yeah, it's like a sucker fish or something. It's yeah, gross. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just it's and I was like, man, like uh, you know, you talk about the anime series, I'm like, you know, I can understand why they didn't go that scary yeah. with him. But in in this I'm I, I'm getting like, you know, like like a you know, like like a sucker fish or like a a bug or something, just so gross. Mm. Ew, like a leech just getting on you. Ugh, like I'm getting like grossed out just talking about it. Um, so that so as as much as I like, I liked with the story mentality wise, visually. Eh, yeah, right. This like uh, parasite across the board, like a fantastic up, update of that character for this. And I think that you know, in and maybe in hindsight, they didn't need Mattel. They could have just used parasite. Like Luther could have just released him out back into the world to go kill Superman. Uh, yeah, because he, he just kind of disappears from the story. Right. He, he's... I, rereading this, I was like, does he come back? No, he's just, that's it. Like, like yeah. this, That's the thing with this. That's why it feels like like a pilot. It's like, oh, we'll see Lana again one day. Yeah, We'll see Parasite again. One, no, we won't. <laughs> They're gone. No, it, and, and chalk that up to the New 52 really kind of derailing a lot of things back then, but yeah. um, and it's it's a bummer, really, because I think it's I, I like that we get to see Superman do these really incredible Superman the movie things like we're kind of straight out of the movie. Right. He catches Lois. He catches the helicopter. He says, you know, this man needs help. And, you know, he's like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm just a friend. I'm here to help. Right. And then right. and then you get Parasite and it's just like terrifying. And and I just remember thinking, like reading it going. Like this is this is really awesome. Getting kind of the best of both worlds. You get the original cool homage to the the first film, and then you get like what we can do now with storytelling. Yeah, because uh, that and, that's a missing component of like you you wish Superman the movie Chris Reeves Superman could have fought like Brainiac or fought fought Vital or right and and yeah. this is the melding of those things absolutely. Yeah, and and it's it's just kind of like a and it is kind of a chapter by chapter thing like. You know, here's the, you know, here's the, he finds out he's 
an alien issue. Here's the Legion of Superheroes issue. You know, here's the going to Metropolis issue. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's kind of episodic already. Uh, kind of, you know, like like the animated series was, of course. Uh, but there's well, no what you said there about you know, but uh, the beginning and all that stuff. Like the when Clark shows up Metropolis, the beginning of I guess the third issue. And he's like bumps yeah. into the lady and she's like, look up. And, he, you know, you talked about that earlier. And yeah. at the end, she's the one that gets bumped into by somebody else. And he's looking up. and She's like, oh, no, we're all looking up now. Right. Those yeah. two things feel like a proper bookend. It's right. like it's almost like issues three through six for like its own like Clark Kent's first month of Metropolis story. Yeah. And there's these, these extra like prologues or, or in Smallville. So mm-hmm. like it's, I I love it all. But it's like it, and probably the first two issues might be my favorite just because it's like all the, the tornado. He saves yes. his ever. I mean, that's straight up Smallville season one, right? Yeah. Um, and so like those work, and the end works. But do they work? They probably they're it's it's a they work better separately than yeah. together almost. Like if this was like a little Jeff John Smallville miniseries, the first couple issues, and mm-hmm. then there was like this four issue like Superman Year One thing from him. Yeah, that might work better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I I think I think you're 100 right there. Uh, and speaking of Superman Year One by Frank Miller. Uh, skip. I <laughs> forgot that was a thing. I it's, forgot it's, that was a thing. And 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 rightfully so, because it's not good. I remember reading like the first issue and going, this is kind of cool, and then reading the second issue and going, oh, that's right, Frank Miller sucks now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a John Romita Jr. that does the art, because yes. Frank yep. Miller doesn't draw anymore. No, he, it was, we, it, we saw the steady decline of him during Dark Knight Strikes again, and then he never drew again. And, and um, well, he, he does covers every now and then, and I'm just like, like, and I can tell when one of them is his because I'm like, <laughs> that, is, no, <laughs> that is one. I remember that coming out. I'm like, Superman year one. Really? We're doing this now because of Batman year one. OK, Frank Miller. And then I heard mixed things about it. And then I'm like, well, I guess one day I'll get a graphic novel of that and put it on my shelf next to the other ones. I I don't know. So. It's uh, well, because it, it was hyped as like it's it's Miller and Romita, right? You know, they right. reinvented Daredevil. They're going to reinvent Superman. And it's like. Yeah, well, they stop reinventing have... Superman first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, and again they, and again just kind of give him like the the Fleischer S right as opposed to the traditional S. Um, whereas in the New Fifty Two, there was an arc that Jeff Johns did with John Romita Jr., which was his first DC work. I, I yes, I read that one. Yeah, I was still and, getting comics then, and and that was and that was really good. Um, the the Ulysses character, and again just. A, a, a tried and true trope of another Superman type character mm-hmm. that shows up and you know and they have a is, clash of ideologies. Yes, which and, is where you start with these kinds of things. I think right, and and I think, but that was also Jeff Johns kind of it, it, clearly his critique of the New Fifty Two because at that point uh, Clark had had been fired from the Daily Planet, so he was like trying to get back, get him back into the Daily Planet. And get him back in with, uh, you know, being at the very least friendly with Lois Lane, right? So it's like trying, trying uh, to reestablish the status quo in continuity without a hard reboot. So yes, um, and hey, then hey, think... hey, hey, you could have done that with a DCU, JJ. Just saying, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a whole other conversation. All I wanted to see was Dwayne Johnson fight Henry Cavill. Couldn't we? Have... Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to see, you know, that that ten minute short. Turned into a movie, right? Superman, oh, Superman. Uh, uh, Superman, Shazam, Black Adam. Yeah, that's why. Why that was not Shazam one or Shazam two 
or Black Adam one or Man of Steel two. Four different opportunities to have made that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a something. No, no, you're right. no, you're you're absolutely right. I I I see what you're saying there. Um, but one one thing that I think this this book does way better than uh, a lot of other Superman origins is uh, is it includes Martha is a big part of. Clark becoming Superman, but also Lara is there <laughs> as part of the the, the message that um, Jor-El leaves for, for Kal-El, right? Which is the only other time I've seen that, I think, is, uh, 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 excuse me, uh, the animated series, you know, where it's like, oh, doesn't that make sense that they're both there as AI saying, we're not even AI, and that's in, in both of these It's senses. just a message, yeah. Right. And I kind of like that better than having the AI Jorel, which, you know, if, you know, they kind of set up in Smallville the AI Jorel to be the villain, only yeah. to have him in the last episode go, never forget the lessons you learned in Smallville. I'm like, oh, and all from all the people there. <laughs> you said they were full of shit for 10 years, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's a hot take, though. I, they should have kept that antagonistic Jorel. Right, I yep. think in Smallville, but the Superman Return showed up, and they're like, "Well, you have to match the movies now." I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess we'll do a fortress and some crystals, and you guys will be cool." Uh, second to last episode of Smallville, we do see Jor-El and Lara together on yes. a holographic projection. That's that's right, that's right. Okay, and in, in uh, the in the let's let's give Lois superpowers like that. No, that is not what you do in your second to last episode. Yeah, that is a also- like. Well, it's like the fifteenth episode. We're kind of out of ideas. We got this big arc coming after this. Let's just do a fun episode where Lois gets his powers. That'll be fun, right? You don't it's, do that right before the series ends. Yeah, and it's also the episode that introduces the Legion of Doom. <laughs> that yeah, can't wait to pay the, that off. And and the Toy Man knows Clark Kent's secret, right? But Lex Luthor is not allowed to know his secret. You can go straight. You know where? <laughs> man, you just you just reminded me of. I forgot the Toy Man knew his secret, uh, yep. and you just. Maybe even matter that they erase Lex's <laughs> mind in the finale. Realizing as I'm saying it, I'm getting oh like my fired goodness. up. Goodness. Uh, so, all that to say, we are big fans of Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Always on the Smallville. Always on yes. Smallville. Uh, um, Superman Lois, we see Laura holograms. That's, you know. Um, oh, and she's, and she's uh, kind of in season one, right? With the, the Lana plays her a little bit. Uh, <laughs> that's the, right. The rat- the eradicator. I stuff. forgot about that. That was a thing. I um <laughs> you didn't like I, love, it? I love Superman Lewis. I just think the parents, the Kryptonian parents, are like the weakest part of the whole thing. Okay, that's fair. Like even like they're just there and they serve a function. I'm like, okay. But like that that the the visual, the actor, the presentation, it made me appreciate Smallville being just a really cool voice. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I also thought that uh Tau what, what's his name? Tauro, right? Uh all Tauro's dad was pretty cool though. Yeah, he, he was evil dad. Yeah. And and no offense to the guy playing him, but I mean, he basically looked like uh, like they were putting a little bit of the Danny Elfman penguin makeup on. <laughs> he he, he looked like a, a weird troll of a man. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> he was in small moment. He's in season six, uh, a couple episodes. He's like the senator that Lex is trying to get to make all the super soldiers. So, oh, OK. Hashtag it's all connected. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, we were talking off mic about the episode blue uh, Zorel. Um, when I was watching Peace, rewatching Peacemaker a few months ago, I was like, "Why does that sheriff look so?" Familiar? He's in Peacemaker. Oh wow! Yeah, he's uh, he's the he's the sheriff in Peacemaker. Have you seen Peacemaker? 
I have not seen Peacemaker yet, but I, I guess since it's uh, continuing with the new rebooted DC universe, I should I should check it out. I've people have told me I like people whose opinions I respect have told me I would enjoy it, so I'll, I'll I will check it out. So it's um, it I I think it's one of the better uh, DC shows that's out there, uh, and it and it helps th- this day and age, and this is why it's it's a little bit easier to digest Superman and Lois as well because they're they're shorter seasons and mm-hmm. we get to and part of that's COVID. But I think I'm like I think it's past time that we do these smaller stories on television anyway because I can watch a show like um, Severance on Apple TV which is brilliant and it's I think nine episodes and I'm hooked and I don't I don't have to devote an entire weekend or right. a, a month you know especially like with my schedule and you know having a little kid that kept coming downstairs the cat woke me up I'm like the cat's been downstairs the whole time fine <laughs> just sit on the couch with me. Um, that's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but uh, oh, no, no, I'm excited to see Peacemaker because, I, as I understand it, my favorite Flash Ezra Miller shows up at the end. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I've the, seen that scene. Yeah, yeah, he very, uh, very James Gunn humor in that scene. Yeah, uh, yes, and and again, I and you know, on that tangent for another second, uh, I, I joke about this with some friends of mine. I'm like, look, I'm not like a prude or anything, and I consider myself fairly liberal, but sometimes I just go, good. Goodness gracious, there's a lot of swearing in this. <laughs> yeah. My word. Flexing <laughs> my pearls a little bit going, yeah. Think of the children. <laughs> well, it's like uh, it's like because I have seen that scene, and though I haven't seen Peacemaker, right? Because it was like taking the internet by storm. Right, right. And it's like, oh, so we just spent a Justice League movie and an Aquaman movie, like establishing that, like, you know what? Let's not joke about him anymore. He's a badass character we should not laugh at. And it's like, let's let forget all that. Let's just bring that back to the forefront. And make some really lowbrow jokes about Aquaman. <laughs> Very crude lowbrow jokes. I'm like, oh, okay. He, we'll he's, see. Not, he's not the only one, though. They, throughout the series, there's many DC heroes that are called out. And there's lowbrow humor about a lot of them. Uh, right. So, so it's, it doesn't come out of nowhere. I'll just I'll I, tell you, you that. Know what? I, I, am, I am a big Robert Patrick fan. From T two and then and then uh Terminator yeah. two obviously is the T one thousand and he's on the X Files he was David Duchovny's replacement and right. uh, he's Peacemaker's dad in this right yep. Yep. he's and... all, he's also he also played Johnny Cash's dad in Walk the Lion so he gets oh. he, that's his thing he's playing, I he's I've actually dads ne- now I've never seen Walk the Line but I have seen Walk Hard so I feel like it's <laughs> you feel like you might as well have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but before you see Joker 2, you have to see Walk the Line. Otherwise, you want to appreciate the musical aspect of uh of that. Or, or, or Joaquin Phoenix, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I did think about that actually. Uh, but anyway, back to the Superman. Anyway, Secret Superman Origin. Secret Origins, great stuff. You know, you mentioned uh, it, the helicopter thing. The helicopters are everywhere. Superman, right? Superman the movie, Smallville, it's on Supergirl. Like they keep the helicopter thing in here. That's fantastic. I love to see that. And just yeah, so anyway, just across the board, they they mix in all this stuff, and it's this great melting pot of of old and new, and and some cool fun ideas. And and rereading this has kind of inspired me to to go. I'm gonna go check out those other stories we talked about, like uh, Legions of Superheroes and Brainiac as well, because they're all it's the Gary Frank, Jeff Johns team, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite teams. Kind of like them, and then the Tim Cell Jeff Loeb team. Like those are like my you know I will buy everything by those creative teams uh, yes. because they just complement each other. There's certain artists and writers that just, they, they're a fantastic team that work well together. And this, and this is one of them. I don't, I don't even know what else Gary Frank has been doing lately. Um, but... he's, he's done, uh, he's done a bunch of covers for Marvel, uh, but I don't think he's done. And I think there was like a creator own book that he and John were doing. 
okay. um, I, I think, but I, I'm not 100% sure. But but I saw him doing, because his style is so distinct that, you know, I saw like, it's like Thor versus Hulk. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's Gary Frank. Like immediately. I, right. It's like, like, it's like the, the eyes. I don't know. I think it's the eyes of the characters. I think, oh, that's a, that's a Gary Frank. Because even when he's not, even him and Jeff Johns are not on the, uh, the new Krypton. Because I, I went ahead and bought all the new, because they're on like sale somewhere. I'm like, oh, I'll just buy them all, right? It's like four, six volumes or something. Mm-hmm. And even when he's not doing the artwork, he does the covers. Yes. Like he does like Superman who's in Candor, like in a normal clothes. I'm like, oh, it's look, it's Chris Reeve. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that, and that's, and that's, uh, it, it, it's cool because you feel like we're, like, we're getting the, the, the Superman, the, the best of both worlds, right? We're getting the modern cool, like, here's the really evil, gross looking parasite with Christopher Reeve, you know? Okay. So, it's, it's it's the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Uh, I know so that I, J- J- James Gunn is like holding up All Star Superman every day when he's talking about his movie, but you know, I wouldn't mind if I saw him reading this on yeah. social media and taking some not not you know not word for word. No, we don't need the whole straight up you know spaceship crashes thing anymore, and just, we can yeah. jump into that's that's in vogue, right? It's like the Batman is Batman year two. We'll do Superman year two, right? And you can yeah. still apply all the stuff here. Like, and and uh, I, I would love to see. I don't know. Who's, I mean, I'm Lex. I'm, we're Superman now. I'm kind of Lex Luthor now to this point. Like, I'm, I've just I've reached critical mass of recasting these characters over and over again. But you know what? Yep. We got one last shot at uh, Billy Zane, JJ. So I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I thought about that because that was your. Uh... When uh, what's his name? That's going to be in Su- Superman in Lois season three. Michael Chum Douglas, something Douglas? like a guy from Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah, right. I, yeah, uh, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, and it makes sense because he's a redhead. So yeah. that, uh, there, there you go. That's that's act comic accurate. So right, right. And, uh, he'll, and he better be bald. But what's the what's the new trend of Lex Luthor just having a beard? Like they work for John Cryer. It's like okay, you're different than other ones. But yeah. then Titus Welliver did it. I'm like okay. But you guys know that that's like a that's not that's not <laughs> like, like how he's supposed to look, right? Right, and I I don't know. It's I don't know because then, then it's like you know, well, Jarrell also has a beard, and you know. I like the Jarrell. Like it's like the Vaughn Brando with a beard. Like that's a good look. I I, good... I I like it too, but it's like you know, not all of them need beards to distinguish themselves <laughs> from from Clark. You know? Right. Well, you know, um, in Secret Secret Origin, um, they don't show how Lex lost his hair. Like birthright goes into great right. detail, obviously. That's part of the whole like chaotic and event. And that's Silver Age in that one, ironically. Yeah, that's right? the other, this one is like he he could just be shaving his head because he's a cool dude. Like who knows, yeah. right? Um that, that's that's the equivalent, like the Joker wearing makeup instead mm-hmm. of the permawite. Yeah. And that's a, a a term that only comic book nerds like us understand. Permawite, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> And that the equivalent of that for Lex is Lex just shaving his head. Yeah. Uh, sure. And I, I'm I'm fine with it either way. It's just not explained, and it's just kind of again kind of a missed opportunity. Not that we need it because there's like a there is a little bit of like the Jesus of it, right? It's like we see Clark at like 13, 14, 15 years old, and then he's thirty. The last right? years yeah. Of, of yeah, Superman, right? right. Um, I just I just thought of how the next I don't care, Superman Lois or. This new Superman movie, Superman Legacy, right? I want to see, like, I want to see Lois and Clark show up at his office, and he's got like a side bathroom in his office, mm-hmm. and you cut to him, and he's shaving his head, talking, right before oh, we see yeah. him, and then he turns around, and he's like, just has a towel around his neck, and he has no shirt on because he's like cut and buff, you know, cut, like Superman the animated series, right? 
and then yeah. like and that's that's what i want to see um yeah it would it would be better than just like an alopecia story or something well, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, you know it's, i'm <laughs> thinking of new i'm thinking of new we're running out of ways to introduce these characters jj yeah no so I, i'm I trying to think of new i'm yeah. just thinking of walter white shaving his head you know, yeah, give me that anyway. And Brian Cranston doesn't need to be like Luther. That was what people accuse me for wanting Billy Zane for. That is what mm. people wanted Brian Cranston for. I'm like, okay, he happened to be bald for like two years. That doesn't mean he's perfect for Lex Luthor. I, yeah, whereas uh, he was the voice of Jim Gordon in Batman Year One. And I, oh. I still, I still lobby for him to be Jim Gordon. Still so. could. And, and, and Batman Brave and the Bull. Let's have. Brian Cranston is Jim Gordon. What do you say? So yeah, Brian Brian Cranston or my other fan cast would be Jeff Daniels. I think he'd be that's Gordon. Oh yeah, he would Jeff Daniels, man. That's another guy who like like it's funny, like as much like you probably I know like as a kid, the defining role for him was Dumb and Dumber. Yes, yes. But I his, thought about that. His the filmography other day. is nothing but like serious. Like I love the newsroom. Like his his filmography mm-hmm. is nothing but serious. He'd be oh Perry White. Jeff Daniels Ooh. of Perry White. Greatest Perry White. Oh man. Uh, as much as I complained about all these new recastings, there's so much opportunity there too. It's an exciting time in some ways. So anyway, it, it, no, no, for sure. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Well, I sorry, I got to say one last thing about uh, yeah, yeah. Secret Origin. I love how they tease crypto, but we don't see them. Yes, yes, that's uh, cute. They're like, we know it's silly, but we got to put it in here. He heard an arf. We know who's in that, like you know, test rocket. Right, and <laughs> oh my gosh, and and you know, we. You know, if if James Gunn does nothing else right, let's let's get crypto. You know, like let's get, I want to see crypto as a white dog. I had a white dog growing up, uh-huh. uh, and like he looked like crypto. It's all part of my Superman identity, I guess. But it's like you can find <laughs> dogs like that. I know it's not they, they, as I understand it because I haven't seen it all. Obviously, on on Titans, they have a pretty good crypto, yes. his white dog, and, and you know Shelby's great. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, like let's let's see. Let's see a crypto. Well, I guess you're right. Uh, take take or leave whatever James Gunn does with stuff, but he would be the guy who would actually give us a crypto in live action, I think. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, you know, he talks about All-Star Superman. Crypto is uh, in All-Star Superman in the Smallville scene, mm-hmm. um, or the Smallville chapter, I should say. Um, and uh, my sister had a white dog that uh, his name was Sammy. And she um, gave him our a- dog's name was Sam as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was yeah, Sam for she... Sam Houston. That's what this my parents found him on Sam Houston Day. It's a, it's a Texas thing. So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm not I'm not sure where they got the their name, but they she gave him a his collar had the Man of Steel S. That's um, awesome. So yeah. She always said it was it, he was her crypto, and I was like, oh, that's a, uh, that's <laughs> love it, love it. Um, so I guess I have just a couple of quick questions I want to ask you as we wrap up here. Uh, do you have a favorite S logo for Superman? Um, I like the traditional one, mm-hmm. uh, but a crazy alternate, like, I think this is cool, even though everything surrounding it is ridiculous. The electric Superman has a pretty cool S. Yes. Yeah. That was my like, phone background for a while. <laughs> I would never, I, that was probably my avatar. Like it's something in high school or something, but like, I would never, ever, ever want that to be his permanent S. Yeah. But as a, if you're not going to go with the traditional, like every Superman t-shirt in the world S. That's a pretty cool alternative. I I I agree that that one and the Kingdom Come one. Uh, uh, I think the, the stripe, really, yeah, yeah. Um, especially seeing the live action crisis was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we kind of already touched upon this, but you know, like, what are you hoping to see in James Gunn's new movie? Uh, and and you kind of talked about like 
you know, like a cool scene with Lex. I want to see Lex shaving his head <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And but I also think that would be a cool power move, right? You know, just that's uh, part of the idea. Yeah. 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 And uh uh but uh, uh, but really though, I would I want to see Lex uh, people are like, I'm starting to see Lex Luthor and everything. Like he's as integral to Superman as Lois Lane is. Yes. Maybe that's a small yeah. fan of me talking, but I feel like he should be a main character. Does he need to be the villain? No, like he needs to fight a Metallo or a Parasite like he does in this, right? But right. the power behind that should be Lex Luthor as he's in this comic. So I would I would like some inspiration from Superman Secret Origin to be in the next Superman movie. 100% agree. Uh, and, and again, kind of touched upon this, but um, a villain we haven't seen in live action yet, or at the very least live action film, uh, who would be on your wish list for James Gunn's movie? Hmm. Well, Brainiac is on everybody's list, but that's, yeah. I mean, um, James Gunn will be crazy enough to do Mixes Piddlewick, probably. I was just thinking that, yeah, yeah. He, and I think m- maybe not for a first film, maybe for like an HBO Max oh, follow-up. No, <laughs> for like, if there's six Superman movies, make that like number five. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, apparently Mixes Piddlewick was supposed to be the villain in Superman 3, but then when they found out Richard Pryor said something about liking mm. Superman, then the skull kinds and their infinite wisdom. That's crazy talk. Script. Yeah, no, it's true. Like <laughs> there was going to be Supergirl, Brainiac, and Mrs. Pillick. And they're like, oh, wait, the most popular comedian in the world wants to be a Superman movie? Then let's throw all that out. Um, I would love, no, Brainiac. You got to go with Brainiac. Uh, yeah. And I think that like the, the Krypton show had a gorgeous looking Brainiac, right? Uh, so something hopefully along those lines. But I do, I, you know, I'd save him for a sequel too, like two or three. Like we need smaller, like like we were talking about, smaller, more contained, you know, like stakes for these. Uh, so yeah. build up to those. I I want to see those. Yeah. But build up to the that, well, that's that was the DC use problem. Right. Like everything, all the everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't go back to you can't go back to a small story where Lois and Clark investigate Lex Luthor and then he has to fight Metallo when you've already destroyed Metropolis and destroyed the world. So, yeah. So the only way to beat that is to bring in uh, Doomsday and have constantly be shifting throughout the fight, which is uh, there's a precedent for it in the comic books, but it was weird seeing it in action. <laughs> yeah, Doomsday should not have heat vision. No, no. or uh, absorb energy. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but and and be killed by kryptonite. You know, it's. I don't know. But, but anyway, I, you know. <laughs> I, no, but that's the thing, right? There's so many Superman villains that we haven't seen on the big screen. Yeah. There's not really a wrong answer. I'm just, I'm kind of, we're done with Zod now because we're getting Zod yeah. again in the Flash. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, can, hey, everyone, we're moving past Zack Snyder. Don't worry about his movies anymore. But we're going to Back to the Future 2 into Man of Steel in the Flash. What are you doing? It's, well, to, it's an odd to, choice, JJ. It's an odd choice. I, well, to, to play devil's advocate in that sense, um, I, I dig it because from, from the Flashpoint comic, I, I don't think it would be a good choice to have Aquaman and Wonder Woman be the villains uh, because, you know, you have a bunch of little kids that are big Aquaman and Wonder Woman fans now. And to show them as like the villains now would be a little weird. Uh, but that's kind of the point, though, right? Yeah, but I, I still I think I think Zod is a better film translation into that that the general audience eat up just a little bit easier um i get what you're saying but that's my 
rationalization for it. I, I love Michael Shannon is odd. I'm shocked oh, yeah. that he came back for this. It it's a they got some mileage out of Michael Shannon from B, you know BBS to to the Flash. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's all about bringing everybody back, Affleck and Keaton and uh, everybody uh, but Superman. Yep, everybody. <laughs> Henry <but> Cavill. <laughs> Like, and nope. <laughs> Wonder Woman is apparently in the movie, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah because I saw that her Funko Pop is for sale. I was like, I guess I, she's in it after all. I saw that too. And I was like, okay, uh, sure, funny. why not? But I am excited to see Sasha Kaye as Supergirl. Uh, I, I hope I, I hope she does great. And I hope everyone's excited. And then she's going to get rebooted for a different Supergirl. I mean, if, if she's, if, if the money talks, they'll keep her for Woman of Tomorrow. But uh, but that, that well, they might keep her, but it would be a different Supergirl because that they're directly, apparently, adapting that Tom King run, right? Yes. Did, did you read that book? I have not. It's it's pretty good. Uh, I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah. Um, I it, that, that's that's one like Tom King. You, you were saying before about uh, this this book maybe reading better as individual issues as opposed to one thing. Mm. Uh, uh, I think Tom King's work, and I, I've told him this <laughs> when I've met him at Con, that I, I like to get his stuff as a collection because I think it reads better that way. And uh, and I told him straight up, I was like, I was like, I wasn't really quite sure how to take you at first, but you're kind of an acquired taste, and I, I'm a big fan of your work now. And he was like, I really respect that. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of unread issues of Batman Catwoman that I was reading, and I was like, God, this is getting complicated and not enjoyable and confusing. I'll just let these pile up, and maybe I'll read them. One day, all at once, because I have them all. Uh, I own them all. I got the whole thing, but I'm like, I got specifically got it because of Phantasm. I was like, oh, Phantasm, but it uh, got yeah. really confusing, and I just kind of let well, it pile up, and I haven't gone back. Well, that's because it would jump through time in the same freaking page, where I'm like, what is? I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> like at least spread this out. But Clayman's exactly. art, whose whose name is Clayman, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his art is gorgeous, so. And I and I love his uh, his Joker is just the, one of the scariest looking Joker. Uh, but anyway, we <laughs> we've gone only a million tangents here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Zach, this has been such a blast to do, um, and and I love that we we settled on this uh, this story because it's it is one of the better Superman origins. I mean, nobody when D, as far as it comes to DC characters, I don't think anybody writes better than Jeff Johns. Uh, I agree. I, I feel like Batman three Jokers. I love Batman 3 Joker. I mean, yeah. I, is that is that a hot take? I don't know. You never know what the consensus is these days, but I was like, this is great. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and I think he has kind of a, kind of a, a sullied reputation because of who knows what the hell happened during Justice League. Um, a lot of that, looking at it, a lot of it feels like Ray Fisher just being a little upset that he was cut from Justice League and The I, Flash. I, I, yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's a hot thing, hot take now to say, Jeff Jones, my favorite comic writer. I'm like, okay, well, what did he do? But like, well, he, you know, I'm like, well, no, tell me. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, tell me what, tell me what the guy showed me the receipts. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'll yep. be willing to be like, oh, well, maybe he is a dick, but I, I haven't seen nothing to indicate that in, in black and white uh, I, and type. I mean, I just, I, you know, I just, all these vague accusations. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, well, let me know. Like Joss Whedon, we know like there's lots of documented, you know, Scumbag. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I say that because I'm like, I'm like, is I, am I allowed to say I like Jeff Johns anymore? Am I going <laughs> to, I, I'm, I, I still say it very, very proudly. I, I've been a Jeff Johns fan for years going back to his Teen Titans run. 
mm-hmm. uh, was uh, some of the best stuff. I am not a huge fan of Titans. So some of that is, uh, I love Titans, but it's not on my like top five DC TV show adaptations. But yeah. Stargirl probably would be. Um, but uh, because I think, again, I'm not, I'm no prude, but sometimes it's just like, Ooh, there's, there's quite a lot of staring in this. <laughs> and, and you know, I'll, I'll, uh, well, I'll say, I'll say one thing. Last thing about Jeff Obviously, no, none of us are there. None of us know what goes on between these people. Who knows? Uh, as fans of these characters, we know to separate them from the artist. We're well yeah, aware of that. I'm perfectly willing to do that too. Uh, I did my, I, I searched because I was like, well, what is the deal, right? And I looked up, and I'll, last thing I found was like his ex-wife was defending him from false charges that these people were making. I'm like, well, that's a pretty good defense if your yeah. ex-wife is gonna be like, no, my my ex-husband's actually not a bad guy. I'm like, okay, that's a pretty. You don't get a better, a more unsolicited defense than that, I think. But I don't know, yeah. right? So people come to their own conclusions. I would just like it's a very weird thing, because it's just been this sentiment like, oh, oh, you know, Jeff Johns, you know. I'm like, well, what? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's. I think a lot of it comes from the, uh, as as my Batman and film friends call them, the the uh, the zaddies out there, the mm. the Zack Snyder kind of psychos, and and I feel bad saying that because you know one of our good friends, Darren Kirsch, is the writer of the Snyderverse saga, uh, great guy, and I I do not consider him in that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think because you know we've we've had conversations with him on thirty three point one, right, where he's a very level headed person, and he's just like. You know, like I like his movies, but I'm I'm okay with them rebooting stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you for being yeah. a rational human being. <laughs> I mean, you get you can't have you can you can like Justice League. Like I like Jack Snyder Justice League, but I also like the Batman. Yep. Like I'm not gonna like go boycott the Batman because yep. I like Jack Snyder Justice League. So anyway, I'll, that's a whole thing. You know, there not to go down that rabbit hole, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like every now and then we like need to address it, some of these yeah. things. I, I think so too because it 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 it, it comes up somewhat organically anyway throughout these discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've always been a big Jeff Johns fan, and you know, Wonder Woman eighty four is not again not the best thing in the world. Um, but yeah, probably you know if, if Suicide Squad didn't exist, it would be the worst DCEU movie. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. And that's um, not a hot take. <laughs> Aquaman, one of my favorite DCEU movies. Yep, he was also Shazam. heavily involved in that. Uh, he was also and, uh, heavily involved in Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. That's what I'm saying. Like he's all yep. over the place with the movies. But when it comes to comic books and when it comes to TV episodes, this guy's great. Especially Superman. Like in, in all seriousness, uh, to, and not to like have like a bad segment or anything, but but I, I do mean that. I think yeah, his his Superman is genuinely like fantastic, uh, and that's Superman stuff I love to revisit. Uh, so I'm glad that we got to do that here. Uh, so Zach, if people are out there in the metropolis skies looking for you, where can they uh, where can they find you? Well, you want to look up on the sky and find me on Twitter at always Smallville with one S or always on Smallville. That's my podcast. It's the flagship podcast of what is coming to be known as the Always Alone Two Network. We have uh, Arrow, we have uh, Superman and Lois, we have Star Wars, and we have uh, new DC's Legends of Tomorrow. So, yes. Yep. I'm not hosting half of those, which <laughs> I'm just I'm on a couple of those, but uh, a lot of my good friends are are hosting those, and we always you know re rebroadcast all of each other's podcasts, and of course you know uh, I have my Patreon as well, which you're a been a very long and loyal member of, and we have our thirty three point one roundtable discussions all the time, and uh, you can find us there as well. Um, 
and and I will say that uh, those those always hold on shows are fantastic. And and uh, let me let me just say I I I've thought about this. I haven't. Uh, I was going to say it to you at, at one point. I forgot. Uh, but I was reminded when you were retweeting uh, some pictures from your uh, your wedding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's like the cutest thing in the world that that Kev and Matt Truix, who don't live anywhere near you, were big parts of your wedding. I think that's yeah. So cool. uh, you know that that you that you all became friends through podcasting, as we've become friends through podcasting. Uh, and you know, and I have plenty of people on my phone where I, I you know, when I was like. I want to go see Scream with somebody. Who's, who's available? I'm like, these people don't live anywhere near me. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's great when we have these communities that we can come together with. So I think that's great. Oh uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it, it you know it helps. It, like these, obviously, we care so much about these these IPs or these fandoms or whatever. They're such huge parts of our lives, and when you know other people they're as equally huge to them you connect over that way and then it kind of goes from there you know uh and and just it it, it enhances and enriches your fandom anyway because it's like oh cool i'm gonna end up watching all those episodes of arrow i never watched because lance and kevin are doing a podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> yep yep uh and and same with same with your show i'm always excited to watch some smallville and then there's episodes that i've watched where i'm like i have a new appreciation for it or other episodes i watch where i go this one really wasn't as great as I yeah. thought. Like Heath, uh, right? What a terrible episode that was. Ugh, Let me tell it's you. Just, yeah. What a letdown. <laughs> it's like, yeah, shut up, Rosie. <laughs> and then he's like, Do you guys think I'm talking on it too much? I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, you need to you need to work on your insecurity issues a little bit. <laughs> uh we love Rosie. But uh when as for me, you can find me at four comic junkies on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram probably stop plugging the Facebook because I don't really do anything with it. Uh, you can also email me for comicjunkies at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please write a review, subscribe, get those buds in ears, as I like to say. And uh, as as uh, we like to say here on, uh, you know, always hold on to Superman's secret origin. Right? Isn't that, the, isn't that what they say? That is what they say. Okay, good. All right. You can end it there. <laughs>